Deion Sanders is already talking about replacing his offense line, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as he's hoping or as many people are thinking. You are Locked On Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borer. Today's episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash Locked on College and use code Locked on College for a first deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. We are also brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team for free every single day, wherever you get your, your podcast. So come right here, and I got you every day. Okay, we're talking about the offensive line. I'm going to be talking about that, some crime criminal activity that happened at UCLA and then Oregon state. So as we all know, Colorado's offensive line is pretty much as a unit, the worst in the country. Uh, they have given up and let me, let me confirm with the the stats here. Cause they're usually second to last or first. So their old dominion still hasn't beat by one. They currently rank 129th in sacks allowed with 42 uh, through eight games. And so obviously that's not great. That 42 divided by eight for those mathematicians at home is a little over 5.2 uh, per game. So they have 9, 10, 11, 12, four more games. <laughs> Let's multiply that by four. And Shadur Sanders is scheduled to be sacked 20, 21 more times, which would have him sacked for 63 total on the year. Not great. And so after the game, Coach Prime was talking to the media and he was talking about how he was like, I'm going to keep it real. This is me paraphrasing. He's going to replace the offensive line. And it's like, that's great in theory, but here's where my concern comes, comes for Colorado and the, the direction of this program. I think coach prime and his staff are great. I think he could easily win the big 12 next year. If he gets some reinforcements in the trenches, but if he does not get these offensive line reinforcements, it's not going to happen. And I think it comes from development. I think it comes from recruiting. And I think it comes from hitting in hitting on transfers in the portal, which is not easy as it may seem. So I wanted to talk to you about, here's a breakdown. Colorado has offered, let's see. They have offered a total of, I'm looking at 24-7, so they could have offered more guys. Uh, in the 2024 class, they've offered 33 offensive tackles. There are currently only one, two, three three of those 30 that are not committed and then other offensive linemen they've offered 12 and there's one which he happens to be a five star so if they get him that'd be great but there's one so basically there's four total um four out of 12 plus 33 45 so there's four unless they're gonna flip some guys which they very well could obviously i've said this multiple times until pen is put to paper no recruit is safe from getting flipped um, by Deion Sanders, by Coach Prime. But right now they have like four available targets out there, just assuming no one flips. And so that's concerning because you need to – and I, I think I saw this with Texas, uh, with Steve Sarkeesian in his first couple of years. He was left with an offensive line that was horrible. They were so bad that they would rotate like four or five guys out. Of, like they would rotate four guys out at a time. Like it was a hockey line change. And his biggest priority in recruiting was – the offensive line they're bringing like six to seven guys and obviously you know not all of those guys are going to play and not all those guys are going to end up at staying at texas but you know that if you hit on three or four of them 
then all you need is a couple other guys from the portal or guys that were left over. And so that was my first point. Uh, he needs, they need to recruit the offensive line position better. Then you look at, cause I feel like a lot of, a lot of people assume, Oh, he'll just get transfers. And it's like, there's not that many transfers out there that are going to be, uh, I guess, uh, the, be- the best thing to spread. So for instance, I went through and I'm going to break them down each for each one of the top five or even some of the top, we'll go with some of the top 10 guys. Uh, J- Javion Cohen, uh, he was a top rated offensive line transfer, went from Alabama to Miami. He, according to PFF, which is where I'm going to kind of base this off of, because obviously going there's no like statistics available for offensive linemen when you check the box score and there's more to players in box scores but for for instance this is just for this exercise um javion cohen ranks as the number 112th player at his position with a total grade of 68.1 okay then you have avery jones who was a second overall ranked transfer uh went from eastern carolina to auburn and he ranks, I don't even think he starts. Okay, come on now. He oh he's he moved to center or he is a center. Um the only the only transfer in the top five, I'll do it this way because I don't want to have you guys waiting. There's the top five, uh Ladarius Henderson, who went to Michigan, isn't a starter. Avery Jones didn't have impressive numbers. Matt Lee transferred from UCF to Miami. And he is currently rated as the top um, center in college football with an 83 overall grade, pass blocking 89, run blocking 78. And then Dylan Wade went from uh, Tulsa to Auburn, and he's another guy. And Jeremiah Byers was a uh, number six overall transfer, went from UTEP to Florida State. He ranks as the 208th tackle in the country, and obviously that's not the best thing ever. And I I would assume that, a lot of these struggles um, that these teams are having are due like Auburn, for instance, is kind of due to the fact that they're just not where they need to be. Dylan Wade ranked as the number five transfer. He grades over grades out as a 360th best tackle in the country. So obviously I'm sure there's other transfers that we're going to hit. Like Emmanuel Pregnon uh, was one of the big ones that Colorado was after the Wyoming transfer. I think he was from Colorado had ties to Colorado or Boulder or something. Uh, he is ranked. He moved to guard, so he's not even playing tackle anymore. Ranked under, as the 170th player, 173rd player, uh, 65.5 overall grade. And so none of these guys are like major upgrades over what Colorado has. I don't know if like maybe if they're in Colorado system, they play better, but you just cannot base all of your, you can't put all your chips in one or put all your eggs in one basket. So if Coach Prime really wants to rebuild this offensive line, he needs to develop his linemen. He needs to recruit offensive linemen at a higher clip uh, because right now there are two guards. Jack, uh, Landon Beebe ranks 235th and Jack Bailey 307th. And then their tackles are ranked. And these these numbers are going to go down astronomically uh, because obviously, the, especially the left tackle, they've had a lot of issues there. Uh, Gerard Christian, uh, like whatever his last name is. I always struggle with that one ranked 144th saving Washington, 148th. So they don't have a top 120 lineman on their, on their roster. And it's not going to get any easier. And I, 
the whole point of me bringing up these offensive line rankings and how they're doing and uh, like from other schools is I think a lot of people think that Colorado is just going to go into the portal and they're going to find the perfect five offensive linemen and they're going to replace these guys and everything's going to be Van Wells is ranked 88th, by the way. So besides Van Wells, the other four are kind of not where they need to be. And we're kind of seeing them limit Shadur Sanders and limit what they could do with this offense. And so my, all of this to say, it's not going to be easy to just go in and replace four guys. Like that's not going to happen if you can replace them, but you need to make sure that basically their best targets are sec backups or guys that transfer are transferring up from like group of five schools. But even then there's no guarantee and there's no guarantee with anybody in the transfer portal, but the offensive line is the biggest place for failure. And we're kind of seeing that now. And so I think it's interesting that he kind of seems like he's going to try the portal route again with the offense line. But I do think that he should really focus on uh, him and his staff should focus on recruiting that position better uh, because they currently only have one offense line committed. And obviously that is not the recipe for success. This episode of Locked on Bus is brought to you by our sponsors over at Athletic Brewing Company. It's time for my Game Changer of the Week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Travis Hunter, who had an amazing two interceptions and kind of kept Colorado in the game, even though their offense couldn't hold up their end of the bargain, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Travis Hunter was my player of the game because he had two diving interceptions Oh, a couple weeks after he looked a little rattled against Stanford. He bounced back in a major way, and I think that's why he's my game changer of the week for Colorado, even in the loss. For Athletic Brewing Company, they completely changed their game. They have non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. And the best part, there's no hangovers ever. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable, like watching a big game, your kid's game, tackling work, or a workout. So you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. This episode of Locked on Bus is also brought to you by our sponsors over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always have you always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Available to U.S. Only available to U.S. customers. We are back and we're talking about some criminal activity um, in in Pasadena this past weekend. And it's not that offensive line trying to block for Shadur Sanders who gave up. They gave up seven sacks and I know why Coach Prime wants to replace him. I'm just my whole first segment. It's not going to be as easy as he thinks or as easy as he's making it seem. And I hope that they focus a little more on development rather than just trying to bring in a new batch every fat, every month. 
um, or every season, excuse me. So I wrote about this over at Athlon. It's in the well-off media, one of the later video, the most recent videos, I should say. Colorado was robbed during the game. Um, it wasn't officiating. It wasn't the offense line performance. Like I said, they quite literally were robbed. And so in the video of from Deion Sanders Jr., multiple Colorado players alleged, and I obviously it's true if the UCLA police are involved or it's looking to be true, we'll say allegedly, had their jewelry stolen from the locker room. That was that was broken into during the game. Um, it could be seen in the video. Uh, a bunch of players, Cameron Simon Craig was one of them. We're talking about stuff having stuff having their stuff stolen. Darius Sanders, who does the video content, also said he had thousands of dollars stolen from him. And then one player in the video, uh, he kind of has a hoodie on, so I couldn't tell who it was. He says, you seen it yesterday, said the player. I just got mine, bro. I had the jewelry box and everything, bro. They took it out of my jewelry box. And then it's uh, the UCLA, piece, UCLA police are investigating the matter. Um, so obviously there's a lot to to iron out here, but I think it's truly unfortunate. Uh, I wanted to talk about this because I think there's no place for this in college football, regardless of how these people got in, who, how they got into the locker room or what they took, or even if they didn't take anything, these players are expected to have a safe place uh, when they go to an, uh, an opponent's locker room. Obviously no, no away game is going to be like a safe environment or a home and like friendly environment, but you don't expect to have to worry about having your belongings stolen. We don't know if obviously these jewelry it could have been chains that they were just wearing or it could have been something meaningful to them a family relation like from a family member it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter where it is in their bag in their locker um, maybe they shouldn't bring it people might say that as well but they shouldn't have to worry about having stuff stolen and so i think it's utterly ridiculous that they are having to worry about this and I know people are going to bring up the Jackson State instance where Coach Prime had stuff stolen from him. That turned out to be it was misplaced. Uh, it was moved by someone for safekeeping. Uh, hopefully something like that happens here, but this many players and money like this getting misplaced or moved for safety reasons seems a little bit out of uh, like it's probably not going to happen. And so I think uh, it's truly unfortunate that that happened in this manner. And I would like to see all these issues get resolved. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of ridiculous. I think if you're UCLA, you need to make sure that doesn't happen. If you're Colorado, you shouldn't have to worry about, because obviously, you know, Shooter Sanders has his watch. Other players wear, they wear chains, they bring, they have earrings, they have nose rings, whatever it may be. And those guys, they earn those things. Uh, whether people want to admit or not, they get NIL money for being a popular athlete. And that's kind of like their treat to themselves. And it's like, they shouldn't have to worry about, uh, their belongings being taken while they're in the middle of a football game, uh, which I thought was pretty crazy. So I want to talk about that. Uh, hopefully everything gets resolved, but it's a crazy world we live in. Uh, just, I guess, remember to hide your belongings better. I don't know. You would, you would hope that you wouldn't have to worry about that, but here we are. This episode of Locked on Buffs is also brought to you by our sponsors of our prize picks. Price picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Price picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price picks discounts select players' projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Price picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. And they have a reboot policy for your entries that to stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. 
So go to prizepix.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. It is daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome back to conclude this episode of Locked on Buffs. We are going to be doing a little a little dive, a little preview of Colorado's game against Oregon State. I think this game could have gone. It can go either way. I think Colorado has two things. Maybe we'll say two and a half things working against them right now. Uh, for starters, Oregon State is coming off a loss. They lost a tough one to Arizona. Uh, 27-24, Arizona's on a tear, so they dropped from number 11 to number 16. Uh, that's one thing. That's the half part, I would say. They're going to be a pissed-off Oregon State team. Oregon State was a team that I personally had in my Pac-12 title projection. I had them playing Washington. And so half of that looks accurate still. The other half, it could still happen, Oregon State making it, but it's going to be a tougher, tougher climb now. And I think for one, for starters, they're going to be pissed off. They lost to Arizona, a team they felt like they should have beat. Uh, the game was at on the road. It was kind of one of those Pac-12 late night, late, late after dark games. Started at 7.30 p.m. Um, it was in front of a pretty full crowd, uh, 89% of the 89% capacity, so 45,000 people out of the 50 that could fit in were there. And Oregon State was kind of embarrassed by no Fafita. The freshman quarterback continues to – continues to prove that he's really good and i think he's kind of the going to be the guy moving forward if that wasn't already obvious he threw for 270 275 yards three touchdowns uh and then their rushing attack provided 88 yards nothing special there but it's their defense that kind of surprised me i guess you could say uh they had seven pass deflections which is they didn't have any turnovers uh they didn't force any turnovers but they had seven pass deflections making life hard for DJ Uyunglele and then if you look at uh Oregon State their bread and butter is running the ball and they had 131 yards sure but only 100 or only four and a half yards per carry one touchdown and they were limiting Deshaun Fenwick they kind of eliminated him and then Damian Martinez was 14 for 87 uh no touchdowns though so they had two fumbles or three fumbles, excuse me. Um, they recovered all of them, but they just weren't just wasn't their A game. And so I think they're gonna come back with a vengeance looking to beat up on Colorado. They're currently 13 point favorites. Uh when you when you compare the two, Oregon State averages 439 yards of offense per game. Colorado averages 408. Uh they average 252 yards of passing, Colorado 330. They average 187 yards rushing. Colorado, Colorado 78. And so that's where I think Oregon State's going to really look to expose Colorado as the run game. I think they're going to feed Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick until their legs run off um, because Colorado has is allowing 310 yards passing and they're also allowing 165 yards rushing. And so that's going to be a tough one. I think that's going to be a major, major test for Colorado because obviously they haven't shown that they could stop the run. Even this past weekend against UCLA, uh, they – Shiloh Sanders had a big hit, the targeting call, which I haven't talked about the targeting call because I think by rule it's targeting, but I don't think the rule is a fair rule. Like where is he supposed to hit him? Like, is he supposed to die for his knees and take out his ACLs or is he supposed to spear him uh, through the stomach? Or like, it, it's just, it's hard for defenders to hit. I agree. But by rule is technically targeting his crown of his helmet, hit the guy in the chin. And so got ejected. I don't think the rules is right. I think I don't think it should be ejected either. 
or I don't think it should be automatic ejections. I think it should be more so if it was like looked intentional or was like a dirty hit, then maybe automatic ejection. If it wasn't like Shiloh's, maybe just 15 yard penalty. Obviously, it still sucks, but I think that's better than ejecting a player like Shiloh um, because after he went out of the game, Colorado had a lead and then they ended up losing or he he left the game when it was six to seven and then UCLA went on to score uh, 21 points in the second half. So obviously not having him played a major role either way. Back to the run game, which is what I was initially talking about. UCLA is a great running team, and they didn't have their best game, and they still ran for 218 yards and two scores. So this Colorado team has no answer for the run, and that's what worries me uh, about uh, this Oregon State team, how they match up. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a tough tough task for Colorado to win games um, when you kind of – it's like your whole game plan is big plays, big plays, and more big plays. And Oregon State, I mean, Colorado is when they play these good defenses, it's going to be tough. So Colorado ranks third in the country in turnovers forced per game uh, with they have, let's see, turnover gain 16. Oregon State has 13. So they are just as good as forcing turnovers. And so if Colorado can't protect the ball, which I mean, Shudder Sanders, even when he isn't playing his best, is still able to protect the ball. He only has three picks on the air. Uh, these these defenses are going to be all over the place. And I think it's really it's a tall task to ask Colorado to beat a team that has our good defense and a good rushing attack because we haven't seen them do it this year. We really haven't. Uh, their wins came against TCU, had a good rushing attack, bad defense. Nebraska, decent rushing attack, decent defense. So neither were good. Colorado State, Weren't good at either. And then Arizona State, good defense. Uh, rushing attack wasn't that good that day. So Colorado kind of like they have it, the recipe to beating Colorado is obvious. You run the ball, you play solid defense, and you win the game. And so I don't know how to counter that if you're Colorado because I think it comes down to uh, the trenches. It comes down to tackling, and they're just not where they need to be yet. I think Coach Prime and his staff will figure things out in, in the next couple of years. But right now, I don't know how they're going to match up against a team like Oregon State. So it'll be interesting to see. Either way, you can find me and my coverage over on Locked on Buffs. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're nearing 48, or excuse me, 3,800 subscribers. Let's get to 4,000 in the next couple of weeks. I would really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy everything. Comment below uh, if you guys have any questions that you want me to do for a Q&A. And I hope to see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day.